Heya, and welcome to Remember Music Videos. Each week we'll chat about music videos that we love from an album of one of our favorite artists. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and even some things in between. My name is Dio. My name is Crystal, and we will be your resident music video aficionados. We've done some research, so you don't have to. We'll share some little tidbits, fun facts, and give you our perspective on how we think these videos not only impacted the culture, but what they mean to us personally. We are sharing our love of them and hope you love them too. And if you want to check out the music videos we're talking about this week, uh, feel free to check out our playlist on YouTube, Apple Music, and Facebook. And with that said, let's get it cracking once again. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Happy, happy pride to you, kind sir. Happy pride, Crystal. It's been forever. Happy pride. It's been too long. Do you feel the energy? I feel the energy. It's palpable. <laughs> it feels really gay. It feels really lesbian. It feels really trans. Feels really bi, queer, non-binary, gender non-conforming, all of the things, asexual, everything, everybody, everybody. Plus, it feels plus. Absolutely, all the things. Uh, I just love it so much. Summer's here. We're gonna gay it up. We're gonna be like whatever we are. And I don't know. There's a, like a a power I feel this month. Yes, absolute magic. Uh, you know, love is in the air. Queerness is in the air. I love our community and, uh, they've made me feel welcome over the years and they've really changed my life. No. So yes, I feel it. The absolute most wonderful time of the year. Can't wait to, you know, take part in all kinds of festivities Absolutely. as long as I could be in bed by nine o'clock, but don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> And definitely acknowledging the heroes that, you know, paved the way for, for us to live our lives the way we do. And without them, there'd be no us. Absolutely. Well, speaking of pride and gay stuff, we are doing <laughs> our second season and it is the Pride Edition. And the first artist and album we're covering in Pride Month is Madonna and her Ray of Light album. Madonna, what an icon. What a legend. Trailblazer. Trailblazer, supporter of the gay community and the gay community definitely supports her. <laughs> yeah, huge ally, yep. She definitely meant so much to so many gay people. Um, and actually, you know what, before we get into it, you're, you're a gay. What? Did you have a specific memory of either hearing a Madonna song and how it made you feel, did it help you come to terms with your sexuality or your coming out or something like that? Well, I mean, it was always good to see that gays were surrounding her. I know with Vogue, um, as a child, I remember seeing these fabulous gay men uh, voguing in her music videos. And I remember thinking, oh, Oh, she has gay friends and everyone loves Madonna. Right. And like, and she's so cool. And the fact that she is hanging out with gay people, it gave me hope. It was like, oh, wow. Like there are people who like gay people and they are friends with them. And so there was a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah, I remember 
really noticing that Madonna was gay culture. And that's amazing. And, you know, back then when she came out in the early 80s, okay, just stop for a second. That was that that was 40 years ago when Madonna's first album came out. I think it was like 1983. 4-0. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> exactly. I was. So, so you know, such a different... Don't tell anyone. <laughs> um... You know, album came out for first album 40 years ago. It was such a different time. There was such a stigma on gay culture, um, but she was so outspoken. She was able to use her platform to advocate for gay rights even 40 years ago. And even just the fact that she came out with an album and she did a, a video or did a performance and it resonated with you know, insert gay kid here, insert queer kid here. I'm sure that would have been enough for her to just kind of make that impact on a baby gay or not even just a baby gay and an older gay, whoever's, you know, right. relating to what she's, to what she's saying. So icon. Icon, definitely. And I mean, even just, you know, talking about sex, right? Like being a very sexual woman, right? They hate that. Yeah. Um, society tells women you cannot be sexual and she challenged that and then as gay men you know we've also been told that we can't talk about sex and so seeing this woman be um, so outspoken and confident and you know sex positive of course we're gonna gravitate to a strong woman yep because we didn't have a lot of representation at the time yeah and so as another minority, we would, you know, latch on to a very strong woman. That's why we love our divas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and she's really doing the damn thing. I think I'd forgotten how extensive Madonna's canon was. Oh, yeah. A ton. We'll definitely come around again to another album, uh, maybe for the, the next season or maybe the season after that. So many albums, so many videos, so little time. <laughs> but I'm excited to cover uh, Ray of Light. That was a huge album for Madonna. Uh, it was very electronic or very electronica. And that was a very much a departure from what she had done previous to that. I do want to back up just a second just to, um, you know, talk a little bit about her, her humble beginnings because there were some things that I just wasn't aware of. I do remember her early albums in the 80s and she just was i mean she was a force back then so just to kind of see her continue to evolve is kind of amazing all of her albums just had so many different flavors on them and she just constantly like reinvented herself so real quick she was born in madonna louise chicone was born in michigan she was raised in the Detroit suburbs in a Catholic household. She had the same name as her mother. So her family called her Little Nani, which is so cute, I think. Uh, she took ballet and piano classes growing up. She was also a cheerleader. She got a dance scholarship to the University of Michigan. Um, she dropped out soon after that and moved to New York City. And then she lived in the East Village. She took classes at Alvin Ailey. She was a drummer in a rock band called Breakfast Club. 
Do you know that Madonna used to be a drummer? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> but I've ta I've taken classes at Alvin Ailey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. So am I like Madonna? How are your lines, though? It depends. I've been told they were brilliant. You have pretty amazing lines. <laughs> your lines are great, too. <laughs> I mean, you know, I try. Um, so she was in a band called The Breakfast Club, and then she was in a band called Emmy and the Emmys. And then after that, she kind of branched out on her own. And that's when she did her solo album in 1983. She had a bunch of successful albums after that. She is the best-selling female recording artist of all time, as of right now. And she's the most successful solo artist in the history of the U.S., which is uh, crazy and amazing. She's the highest grossing female touring artist worldwide. We know she actually also dabbled in acting with Desperately Seeking Susan, a league of their own, which I had completely forgotten that the theme song for A League of Their Own was This Used to Be My Playground. Yeah. I remember the song, but I don't I didn't remember it being related to that um to that movie. But I mean it makes sense. Yeah. In the video they um the yearbook has pictures of, you know. They show clips of the movie and uh, yeah, it's a yearbook. And I feel like every, every like school, every high school use that, you know, as their graduation song at one point. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, after that, she starred in the movie version of Evita, which got her a Golden Globe. After that, she co-founded Maverick Records in 1992. Um, which was a, a very successful record label, and it even launched careers of a lot of artists, including someone we covered last season, which was Alanis Morissette. And so, you know, she continued to push the envelope. Everything was just kind of like a challenge and really making people think, why is this thing so bad? Like, how do you feel about this thing? You're having feelings. Like the sex book? Like the sex book, like everything. So, you know, it was after her daughter Lourdes was born in 96, Madonna became involved in Eastern mysticism and Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. I remember when this happened because I felt like more people were talking about Kabbalah than had ever talked about it before. And then there were people that were like, yeah, I'm really into that. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> I know. It's like, I just found out about it. Like, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Are you really? Or are you just doing this because you think this is what Madonna would want? <laughs> um, so after that, she started working on the new album with Babyface and Patrick Leonard, who she was a frequent writing collaborator. But she ultimately kind of scrapped what they were doing. Babyface had done some of the songs on the previous album, which is Bedtime Stories. I love bedtime stories. Oh, that song with Babyface was so good. I loved it. Um, basically, what they were doing was kind of similar to what they had done previously, and she just wanted a, a fresh sound. So then she went to William Orbit and collaborated with him. He was a producer out in the UK, and he had done some remixes for her before. So she was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so, so they got in the, uh, in the lab, if you will, and, uh, did most of the tracks on what would be the Ray of Light album. 
And that was recorded over four and a half months out in North Hollywood, California, beginning in June of 1997. And this was actually the longest Madonna had ever worked on an album. Um, and it debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200. And it sold over 16 million copies and is one of the best-selling albums by a woman. The album won four Grammys, including the 1998 Grammy for Best Pop Album. And it also won the 1998 MTV Europe Music Award for Best Album. And yeah, I feel like we should discuss like electronic music or electronica at the time that it was called. Yeah. I feel like people did not see that as a truly artistic uh, genre, right? Mm -hmm. It was like just seen as like dance music where there was no soul. There wasn't a lot of artistry. It was just like, you know, techno beats. Um, And so the fact that she worked with with William Orbit and other artists like that, you know, made it reparable. Like, you know, it um, made it legit. And so I think, you know, I mean, it was a risk at the time, right? Because dance music wasn't kind of, it it wasn't mainstream. And and I think that's what um, Madonna was kind of known for, right? Taking things that were somewhat underground, not really on the forefront and making it attainable for the mainstream, made it palatable to uh, people who may not have listened to electronic music, you know. So I think this was a a risk um, that definitely paid off. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with that first single, Frozen, what a track. (laughs) That was the first single that was released from the Ray of Light album. So Frozen was released in January of 1998. We mentioned Madonna and Patrick Leonard were the writers and Madonna, Patrick Leonard and William Orbit, they shared the production credits. The single peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. It actually contains a sample of Bobby Bird's Hot Pants, um, which I appreciated. Um, like like R&B just permeates everything. Hip hop permeates everything. I hate when my pants are hot. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Madonna actually asked Patrick to write a song that was somewhere between the English patient and nine inch nails. And I got to say, I feel like frozen fits right in the middle of that. It's perfect. Oh yeah. Check, check. He got the assignment. Yeah. And then in an interview with the New York times, Madonna commented that the lyrics to frozen are built around retaliation, revenge, hate, and regret. And It was actually right after this time that she broke up with her boyfriend, AKA baby daddy, Carlos Leon. So she was saying that everyone's going to say that's a song about Carlos, but it's not really, it's just about people in general. (laughs) Well, it's about, you know, her relationship and everyone's relationship. It's just relationships in general. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Also a fun little fact, which I didn't, was not aware of this, but a Belgian songwriter, Salvatore Aquaviva, accused Madonna of plagiarizing his song, Ma vie fou le con, 
Um, and he actually won a lawsuit in 2005 and Frozen was banned from being played in Belgium. What? Yes. And that was in 2005. That's when he won the lawsuit. And then, of course, Madonna's team appealed. But during that time, an Italian composer by the name of Edward Scotto di Siocio, I'm sure I jacked that up, claimed that both the Ma Vie Fou La Camp and Frozen stole from his song. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a whole, I, I mean, I'm envisioning like, you know, Spider-Man, that Spider-Man theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But shortly after that, all three tracks were compared and it was determined that there was no plagiarism. So since 2013, the Belgian ban on Frozen has been lifted and Frozen is playing on the airwaves and, and all is well. Could you imagine the poor people of Belgium like <laughs> missing out? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that man was hated. Yeah. As in, like, I want to hear the Madonna song. And he's like, no, it's mine. Totally. And you're just trying to get Madonna tracks on the Frozen, up on the Frozen, trying to get Madonna tracks on the black market. Wait, do we have MP3s back then? Yeah. We did. 90? No, we just started. Yeah, it was doable. High commodity. Yeah, definitely doable. Yes. You know a guy, I know a guy. Yeah, let's just get it going. <laughs> um, the music video was filmed at. Cudback Lake in the Mojave Desert in California between January 7th and January 11th of 1998. And Madonna said in an interview with Kurt Loder that the song was about being emotionally frozen. So the desert is very symbolic of that. Yeah, I mean, I really love this music video because, you know, she lets it go. She lets it go. And the, the cold never bothered her anyways. <laughs> yes. And so Disney, no, I'm joking. Um, so this is uh, definitely not a Disney uh, song or a no. Disney video. No. Um, it was directed by one of my favorite directors, Chris Cunningham. Um, and Madonna was interested in having Chris jump on board after seeing the Aphex Twin uh, video, Come to Daddy, mm -hmm. which is really dark. Um, I really love him. Um, because yes, his, uh, music videos are usually dark. Um, one of my favorite music videos, uh, he directed was, um, the Bjork one, all is full of love. And so this video has a blue tint. Uh, it feels very twilight, like right before complete nightfall. It begins with the camera skimming along a cracked desert floor. Um, and within a couple of seconds, we see Madonna and she's floating in the air. She has black hair and is dressed completely in black. And I believe she's wearing a Jean-Paul Gaultier. <laughs> and so she is a mystical creature in the desert. And she's mentioned in that interview with Kurt Loder that uh, she is the embodiment of female angst. Mm -hmm. And so we see a black shawl or a fabric blowing on the desert ground as it flies towards Madonna's hand as if she summoned it. Yes. And so she's cold. So she summoned what she needs. So she got her, her, her wrap. You need a wrap. <laughs> I know I'm hungry. I need a burrito. <laughs> so the, the fabric gets into her hand or the wrap gets into her hand right after she says you're frozen when your heart is not open and then we hear the drum beat 
which is kind of spooky. Yeah. Her hands are covered in uh, Mendy. In the video, she slowly gestures and sways her arms back and forth towards the sky. At one point, she falls back and hits the ground and transforms into a flock of large dark birds, which I think are crows. And then three Madonnas are also appearing, uh, walking and crawling in the desert throughout the video. Um, and there's one mo one movement she does uh, when one of the Madonnas sits on the ground where she wraps her arm around one of her knees with her arms behind her. It's as if she's being handcuffed and she sings, you hold the key. And so it seems like she's being handcuffed and, you know, her lover holds the key, which I thought was kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. Then we see Madonna's uh, figure in the desert, like warping herself into the fabric and the dress, but it's all happening kind of backwards. So it kind of feels like a horror film. And she contorts and transforms into a beautiful black dog mm -hmm. that's giving Doberman vibes, but not quite sure. Uh, so we continue what I like to call dress fabric choreography. So there are moments where she's engulfed in her outfit peeking out. She folds into herself to reveal herself, but in a completely different position. So it's kind of like surreal. As the song progresses, the sky darkens and Madonna starts uh, levitating from the ground. And, um, and then later we see like a shiny black liquid that's running on the floor that she absorbs in her tattooed hands. Mm -hmm. And then she reveals the ohm symbol in the palm of her hands. And the ohm symbol, it's a sacred sound. It's a symbol, it's a mantra. And ohm is one of the most important symbols in Hinduism. And it's seen as supreme absolute consciousness, the cosmic world. And so she is representing, you know, the universe, I guess, in the palm of her hand. Mm. And then when we, we see her say, you hold a key, and she highlights a dark gem that's encased in her necklace that's in the middle of her chest. And so, you know, said lover, it has the key to her heart. Mm. And yeah, so really um, dramatic. I loved it. Uh, I know me and uh, my best friend in high school, we would take our jackets and well, that wasn't high school anymore. I think we were in college. So we would take our jackets and kind of um, flip them over and then do the choreography. <laughs> <laughs> and engulf ourselves in our jackets. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds adorable. <laughs> it was great. It was something we never had seen before. And so, um, yeah, we were definitely channeling Madonna and her mysticism. When I think of this song, I think of trance, like trance music. Mm. Um, but it also had that, you know, like that hip hop drum beat to it. And, and, and it was electronic, but it sounded so unique. And then we have another video where it's basically an, an artist with additional artists, kind of like we've seen with Alanis, with their four Alanises. We got a few more Madonnas. Um, and then just kind of like this with the symbolism and lyrically, you know, 
if I could melt your heart, we'd never be, we'd never be apart. Give yourself to me. You hold the key again, simple lyrics. So, so deep. If you're emotionally frozen, you can't welcome all the love that is intended for you. So it's kind of a, a breakup situation, a breakup song, like you're frozen when your heart's not open, but you're also trying to give advice again to the person that you, that you've broken up with. Like love is a bird. She needs to fly. Let all the hurt inside of you die. It's like, I'm trying to help you out to make yourself better going forward. But you and I can't do this because of all the things that, you know, I just spoke about. I read somewhere that the inspiration from the, for the song was um, the 1990 British Italian drama film, The Sheltering Sky. Mm. And that movie dealt with a couple trying to save their marriage during their trip to Africa. Mm. And then Madonna wanted to have the whole quote, whole Moroccan orchestral, super romantic man carrying the woman he loves across the desert vibe, unquote, <laughs> for the track. And it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Do you remember when this came out? I, I liked Madonna, but I wasn't like Gaga. Yes, I was um, definitely, I loved the video. I loved seeing Madonna in black hair, um, you know, especially when you're younger, like, the vibe was not goth like they weren't trying to do goth mm -hmm. goth they were trying to do a classical like mystical being right and so not goth but whenever mm -hmm. anyone sees black you know clothing and they're like it's goth of course racist <laughs> i know i feel bad for madonna um <laughs> yeah it's so rough and you know it's very spiritual right like well, i wouldn't say spiritual it's a mystical right and so she never overtly says that she's a witch or some type of shape shifter uh, but i kind of love that it hints to that she is a witch because you know we see three madonnas right and you know witches usually come in three in most of you know in um literature and you know she turns into a, a crow and she looked to like a black dog you know what i mean like it feels really witch-like and um i do love that she's poking at the religious right mm, you know what i mean yeah. you know like because it's kind of like the salem witch trials right like they just hate women yeah so much and it's just like it's like so you hate witches and guess what i'm portraying one <laughs> So I kind of love, I kind of love the, the poking, but yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Loved it. Totally. Even the tint on this, like you mentioned, it was, it was just kind of a, a darker video, more in line with what Chris Cunningham had done with, uh, Aphex Twin. And we know that the next single Ray of Light was completely different, much brighter, much more hopeful. Mm, absolutely. Madonna was really into numerology and she specifically made this the third track on the album because in numerology, three means creativity, self-reliance, and positivity. Oh. Uh, the song charted all over Europe and Australia and it peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It was actually adapted from the song Seferin by folk duo Curtis Maldoon. Were you familiar with that? 
I later found out about that because I remember hearing it and thinking, oh, this is, oh, it's not Ray of Light. Yeah, <laughs> like to today years old or yesterday years old when I was looking up all this stuff. So she took the title from a line in the chorus that says quicker than a ray of light. I love when, you know, you revisit, because that song didn't really do well for that folk duo. They were kind of like, they did it and then they kind of, went on with their lives. But then when uh, William Orbit and Madonna kind of got their hands on it, it just became this, it, it evolved into this just like amazing track full of, you know, full of hope, really. And Madonna mentioned that, you know, to her, Ray of Light means hope. It's a song about looking at the world for the first time with a feeling of real hope and also joy and happiness. So it's a song about celebration. And she worked on this with William Orbit, like we mentioned previously. He played guitars on the track. Um, the song originally was over 10 minutes long, but then obviously they had to cut it back down to five minutes, 21 seconds. I mean, five minutes, 21 seconds is kind of still a long track in kind of like radio world. Especially now. Especially now. The attention span is like a minute, two minutes and 30 seconds, if you're lucky. That's like extended versions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the song peaked at number two on the American charts. And in the UK, it spent two weeks at number one. And it also went number one in, you know, all across Europe. This won the video of the year and best female video, best direction in a video, best choreography, and best editing at the Video Music Awards. In terms of the video, Jonas Ockerland was the video director for this. He's done tons of video direction um, for different artists, including Iggy Pop. Um, he did some additional Madonna videos later on in her career, Smashing Pumpkins, um, Lady Gaga, Kesha, the list goes on. Uh, he mentioned that this was his, the longest shoot that he ever did for a music video. Um, it was filmed over 14 days. The crew fit into one car and they found an angle for their 35 millimeter camera and just waited as the shots were taken one by one. Every 10 seconds, they captured one frame and continued for half an hour to get around five seconds of footage. And additionally, Madonna insisted that the video be edited in Los Angeles. So Ockerland and his team actually temporarily relocated to the U.S. for the duration of the edit. Madonna was not feeling the fucking bandwidth times with upload and download. She's like, you're going to be in L.A. where I am, and we're going to do this better. We didn't have the bandwidth back then. Yeah. We did not have the bandwidth back then. Kind of moving from, like, the tape world to, like, the digital world, there, were, there was a lot of um, technical issues that were happening. And I think she felt, let's get you in the U.S. because, um, oh, I think it was dealing with Chris Cunningham for the Frozen video, actually. Um, cause they were based in, in, in the UK and speeds machines kept breaking down. So it's like, oh, this machine is broken down. I'll get you what you need in like 8.20 hours. And then in four hours, you're like, oh, now it's going to be 16 hours. So, you know, she just kind of wanted to, uh, alleviate that. 
I remember when I used to work in on our promos plug, <laughs> uh, we tried to, um, we digitized a 30 second promo uncompressed mm. and it was like five gigs. It was five gigs for 30 seconds uncompressed. It was just like, wow. yeah, we didn't have the technology back then. Yeah, it was such a different time. Do you remember that time you left that uh, beta for MTV Canada on the cabinet at work? And they called looking for their tape and you were like, I sent it. And then you were like, wait, there it is. <laughs> no, that never happened. <laughs> Good time. Oh God, I was so distraught. I remember I was like, what do we do? And you're like, if it's important, we'll just send it in the feed. And then you're like, it's MTV Canada. It's fine. It's, they, you, listen, they, they changed the air date and it was all good. <laughs> you know what? We're still talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And listen, nobody died. That we know of. Um, <laughs> um, this video is amazing. I mean, the video starts with the sun rising in the east at dawn. And it reveals the New York skyline, which is my favorite city in the world. And let's be honest, the world doesn't start until New York starts. So there's that. Sad but true. Sad but true. <laughs> so we see the time lapse of the sun rising and we see a man open his curtains. We see a woman brushing her teeth and everything is sped up. And we see everyone starting their days, commuting, ordering breakfast, getting to work. And we see the reflection of Madonna dancing and singing. Uh, she appears to be wearing a Canadian tuxedo, but she's not. She's wearing a denim jacket with uh, with the top buttons uh, button re revealing her amazing abs. Her bottoms are low-rise pants, which appear to have a low-rise glittery cummerbund. There are several shots where we see children looking straight into the camera, like breaking the fourth wall. And you know I love that. You love it. <laughs> and it's if the children are innocent and they can see most things that people can't. And so, like, they, they're magic. Um, there's also a strange man in the laundromat that does the same where, like, life's happening and he stares straight into the camera. So maybe he's magical. The song gets to the point where it's so intense. Um we're seeing a lot of uh, images of different parts of the world, different cities, just moving, hustling, going throughout their day. The sky behind Madonna starts spinning and she begins to strobe while we're going through a tunnel. It's a bit of a crescendo. <laughs> and then the song slows down and Madonna goes into slow-mo. She slowly sings and extends her hand and takes it back. But that reveals the Kapala string that's on her wrist. She's superimposed in front of a sunset sky. Uh, then her face gets right in front of the camera and she says, and I feel, and the song picks up again. And we continue with her bopping back and forth. Uh, most of her backdrops are POVs of driving through roads, tunnels, and bridges. Then we see Madonna in a dance club with a lit floor with colored squares, with people dancing around her, minding their own business. Um, we do see another lady at the club uh, that looks at the camera. We see Madonna dancing. She's wearing a white tank top and she starts dancing with another girl. We see break dancing. 
we see Adidas. I wrote street cred. Because <laughs> you know how they do that in music videos? It's like there is no vibe for break dancing. Right, right. Um, and then you <laughs> just insert a break dancer and you're like, what? Street cred? <laughs> um, it all speeds up and it's, it all slows down. Um, it gets to a point where Madonna is headbanging and she bangs her head into the camera lens, shattering it. And then we see the earth spinning from space at the highest speeds. I wrote hard nipples, dance, high energy. Check, check, and check. Yeah, it's a it's a great high energy music video. I read that this was inspired by a movie called Koyanis. Oh, I can't even pronounce that. Koyanis Katsi? No, I don't think I read that. Yeah, it's a 1982 uh, American experimental non-narrative film. Um, and the film incorporates humanity in the, in the environment with shots of choppy waters, cultivating flowers, uh, mining trucks, uh, power lines, um, and various destinations in the desert. Mm -hmm. And um, it's time-lapsed. And so... Uh, people are saying that this was inspired by that. And so basically they're saying that, you know, mm. she kind of plagiarized that because of the high speeds and slow motions. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I might remember reading something um, about that. But, I mean, there's a fine line, I think, between like, you know, plagiarizing and getting inspired um, because... Does this mean that because somebody used time lapse and then slowed it down that nobody else can use time lapse and and slow it down? So it gets it gets it gets a little murky. And we've seen that even recently with the with the the Ed Sheeran case. Oh right. It's it's not black and white. Although I will say that 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 his particular case in my mind was black and white. Like because Marvin Gaye was black. And he was white. I'm saying, no, I'm with Ed Sheeran on this. Like, I don't think it was, uh, yeah, I don't think it was, was, was plagiarized. It's like, listen, all the songs in the world share the same four chords. So it's like, we already know. No, because Marvin Gaye was black and Ed Sheeran is white. So it was black and white. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was ebony and ivory. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, you, you're, you are correct. You're absolutely correct. I tend to be. All the time. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think there's some mm. egregious examples and there's some that are less so. So I don't know which one this falls in, but listen, artists get inspired all kinds of ways. Absolutely. Listeners, what do you think? <laughs> Look it up. Let us know. <laughs> but yeah. I would totally watch this video. First of all, hold on. Madonna looked snatched. She looked great in this video. Oh my God. Amazing. I think I, I bought a denim jacket after watching that music video. Wow. I fell into the gap and I bought a, a jean jacket. That sounds pretty gay. What? That sounds pretty gay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I love it. 
yeah but i wouldn't button the uh, i wouldn't button the bottom buttons to show uh, i wouldn't say i had a belly but you know <laughs> show the t-shirt i had underneath okay <laughs> yeah so she looked amazing amazing just as you did in your t-shirt and your denim jacket thank you <laughs> um and you know two things i take away from this one is life comes at you fast mm. um and sometimes it it's slow and you know roll with all those punches um, and the second thing is i would totally watch this video like you have to watch this video like multiple times because there's so much happening and so much um it's so quick that you're like oh my gosh i want to see madonna lip syncing to this video but then you're also kind of looking at the other footage because you're not going to catch it all in one watch so you're gonna each time you watch it you're kind of discovering something different one thing that i appreciated was like a hamster on the wheel oh yeah just on it it's just kind of like yes because that is what life is sometimes but it's still hopeful. There's a very much hopeful vibe to it. Like when the song starts out, it, like if you don't know that it's coming, you, at least me, I think it's going to be a, something completely different. Yeah. And then it just builds and it's just kind of like, no, this is a party. Yeah. Like it was still like, it's still like very hopeful at the start, but maybe, you know, for lack of a better term, maybe a little okie doke, but it's like, no, we're, we're in the club and we're pumping our fists. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. Yeah. And that's what, you know, Madonna did for us with this video. And to start with Frozen and then to follow up with, with Ray of Light, which still had that, you know, electronica vibe, but a different, different characteristic. So it still works together, but they were completely different tracks. 1000% agree. Which brings us to the next song, which is Drowned World, Substitute for Love. Yes. So um, that was another Madonna and William Orbert collaboration. And then we had that song used a sample from the Sebastian String song called Why I Follow the Tigers. It was released in August of 1998 worldwide, except in the United States. So another one of those, the music video was filmed over two days and the music video was filmed over two days on January 26th and 27th at London's Claridge's Hotel at Piccadilly Circus. Do you remember when we went to London? I do. So much fun. Good times. We have to go back, but Speaking of London, let's talk about this music video. Um, so the music video starts with Madonna watching, I'm assuming, the Discovery Channel. Um, <laughs> we see hyenas pulling meat from each other's mouths. And I thought, is this a metaphor to what we're going to see or talk about? So we scan her apartment and we see Madonna shut off the TV via her remote. She grabs a purse and she shuts off the light and goes down her handrail-less stairs as she walks out the door. I remember thinking, ooh, bold move, no handrail. <laughs> Dangerous, living on the edge, literally. Literally. <laughs> and so the vibe is really peaceful. 
But as soon as she opens the door, we see her security and the flashes of the paparazzi cameras. Uh, she's ushered by security to a car. Um, and so she's going through the paparazzi to get there. And I thought, why was it parked so far? <laughs> so the black car drives off and is chased by paparazzis on motorcycles. And we see her in the center of the back seat with sunglasses on and her hair sort of covering her face. And she seems to be making herself uh, smaller mm. as she's uncomfortable. And we see the Kabbalah string again. Um, while this is happening, you can see the flashes of the cameras. She arrives at uh, London Claridge's hotel and is greeted by cameras and reporters. Here she smiles. I, I get the feeling that this is an appropriate venue for this and not like when she's at home. Mm. So she blows a kiss and to her fans and the paparazzi and walks in. And when she enters, people are flocking to her and her security is keeping her away and everyone's face starts to get distorted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we hear the line, I've never felt so happy. And she looks straight at the camera and she does not seem happy. Then we see her bust through some double doors and we see the people who work in the hotel surprised to see her back there. Madonna passes a hotel maid uh, and she smiles at her. The singers return with a flash of the camera that goes off. The maid had just taken a picture of her. And so Madonna's like annoyed and she, she goes off. She enters the party and everyone's faces are distorted. She sits down to sing the bridge of the song and a creepy guy touches her hair. Uh, that freaks her out and she leaves. And I thought, well, we all know there's one thing you don't do. And that's touch a white woman's hair. <laughs> In the rush, Madonna leaves her sunglasses and a thirsty party goer grabs them and puts them on immediately. Uh, Madonna leaves out the back and is met with paparazzi in motorcycles and cars, and she runs home. She enters her home and looks relieved. And then we see little feet enter the room, and it's Madonna's kid. And she picks her up, and we never see her face. And she says, now she's changed her mind. And she looks into the camera and sings, this is my religion. Um, and that's how it ends. Um, but can I? Can we say that her eyes her blue eyes are like popping throughout this video. Yeah. They're like, they had to be like redone. <laughs> uh, the video is so well lit. It's so crisp. The videography is just so crisp. Um, yeah, just really cool. Um, you know, this is probably the first time that we're getting a glimpse of how she deals with the paparazzi and the, and the fame. I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel a level of, of empathy mm. um, because we don't, you know, we, we speak about this. We've spoken about this before. Like celebrities are just like us, except they do these fun things that we all like love, but they still, at the end of the day, they're still like people and they don't want to be chased around. Like I do, <laughs> except for you, everybody, except for you. <laughs> but you know what? You don't really want to be chased around. I do. <laughs> But when you're young, you have dreams. Sometimes you have dreams. You dream of being famous. Never had any of those. You dream of being famous. But there's a lot of other things that come along with that. Right. So she's kind of taking us through what it what is involved. Just just a tiny glimpse 
of probably just like the most benign uh, scenario, which is what she kind of uh, portrayed in this video. But at the end, she's just kind of like, it's kind of what I know. It's what I've, what I've done. It's in me. It's ingrained in me. So like, this is what I'm going to do, but it's not always wine and roses all the time. I, I love wine and roses. Wine and roses are delicious together all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know she got a lot of crap for this music video? Yeah. People were saying that, you know, it's very similar on how uh, Princess died, died you know, the paparazzi chasing her um, high speed. And so they did not like that. I, yes, I did see that. And I thought it was hella weird because I'm like, that actually happened right. to Princess Di. So what is the exact problem here? And I, I was so confused. And I think I read a quote from somebody that was just like, they were like disgusted. I think the term they were like, this is disgusting. And I'm like, Obviously, it triggered something in you, but it's like, this is what happened. She could be portraying this to be like, you know, let's not have this happen again. But it's like, I don't know at what point people just really got afraid of hearing or seeing the truth about matters. Well, I think celebrity was so important and paparazzi were so important uh, to the culture at the time that, you know, the problem wasn't the paparazzi. The problem was Madonna, you know, portraying this. And again, she's a woman and they hate women. They hate women. So I guess that that answers that. Yeah. yeah. Silly me. Yeah. I mean, come on. I should know better. You should know better. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a it's a cautionary tale. Like. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, definitely a lot of artists have you know, have these songs and these music videos where, you know, they are discussing how they want their privacy back, right? Like we've seen it with um, Britney, we've seen it with Rosalia, like there's all these artists that they, they, you know, like you said, they just, they're regular people. Yeah. And this is just one aspect of their lives. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think there's like limits. It's like at some point, like there's no boundaries. There's just no boundaries anymore. Cause it's kind of like, of course, if you see a celebrity, of course you might want to say something to them because you think you know them. So you're just kind of like, ah, come, yeah. But there's, you know, there's a time and a place, but also like to chase, be chasing people down and, you know, camping outside of their house and going through their garbage and all that other, all those other extra things. It's kind of like a bit much. Yeah. You signed up to, you know, be an entertainer, but I don't think you decided completely have your life completely turned upside down. Like that's not right. Remember that time we were in a Caliente cab company and we were having brunch and Mary J. Blas rolls up in her black SUV and she jumps into the restaurant and we're like sitting outside and when she's leaving and I yell out, we, we love, love you, Mary. Mary. <laughs> Classic. And what did she say? And she responded. She said, I love you too. I love you too. Yeah. Yes. I love it. A beautiful New York moment. We just gave her space, you know, acknowledged that, you know, like, hey, we're all here for burritos. I get it. Yeah, exactly. We're here for fajitas. We're here for fajitas. We're here for the 
um, the bottomless margaritas. Uh, not margaritas. Yep. No, margarita. We are, we're here for the bottomless margaritas, and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to let uh, you do you. Yeah. No more drama in this dancery. No, definitely uh, not. Oh, <laughs> good times. Aww. One other thing, and this is, I'm sure, just me, because we didn't see Lourdes's face. We're assuming that it's that it's that it's Lourdes. I'm sure it is. In my mind, though, it was a little baby Bjork. It felt very baby Bjork. <laughs> it felt like a little. I was like, "That's Bjork as a baby," and Madonna no. is, you know, coddling her because she too yep. is having issues with paparazzi and boundaries being crossed that's right yeah Yeah. and yeah madonna performed the bjork song so they collaborated so you know we're all connected uh bjork wrote bedtime story oh excellent see i love it when these great artists all collaborate i love it let's get unconscious honey but we're not covering that (laughs) we're not not this time but we will because seriously I know that's a great album too. Yeah. Uh yeah, and you know, the fact that Madonna ends the video just kind of looking in the mirror and just, you know, letting us know that, you know, that's her religion. It's a it's a very powerful goodbye. Well done, my friend. Say that. The next video was The Power of Goodbye. It peaked at number 11 on the Billboard US 100. And the music video features Goran Bizinik as her love interest. And I remember Goran from ER. Did you watch ER when that came out? Um, just the first season. Oh, okay. He was in, in a later season. Yeah. He was Luka mm. Kovac. And he was, I mean, medical, like ER kind of walked so Grey's Anatomy could, could run. Like just drama, craziness. I mean, if there was... If there was no ER, we'd have no George Clooney. We sure wouldn't. No, no, no. If there was no facts of life, we wouldn't have any George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate. Um, the video premiered right before the 1998 Video Music Award. Like, that was such a, um, a selling point. It's like, oh my gosh, we're going to see the new Madonna video before the award. So just a, another way to, to get folks to um, tune in. And, you know, we were all uh, here for that. And the video was filmed from August 8th through August 10th of 1998 at Silvertop House in Los Angeles, California and Malibu Beach. Well, how about that? Well, la, well, la dee da. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> we started the video with landscapes of the hills and shores of Malibu Beach, as you mentioned. Um, then we see Madonna walking alongside a very long window, running her hands across the curtains. Madonna is retur- returning with her black hair, which I love. Um, she's sitting and resting on the side of the window, singing the song. Uh, we see a game of chess being played. It's a metaphor, I think. Like some relationships are like a game of chess. Strategy is needed. Yep. You were my lesson I had to learn is sung. And we see our love interests, Goran. Goran? Goran. Sure. <laughs> um, while playing and making their decisions, they both are seductively bringing to our attention their lips and mouths. Uh, and I thought, is this seduction 101? Do you just always have to like 
stick your finger in your mouth uh, <laughs> and does that seduce people what what are you talking about that's what's happening oh <laughs> you don't do that <laughs> oh god i probably shouldn't do that in meetings yeah don't don't do that again <laughs> okay <laughs> meanwhile we cut to shots of madonna playing with the curtains again sensually madonna strokes the king's piece uh, she takes his pawn and places her hand to the side, accidentally touching our love interest's hand. He hesitantly moves his hand. Madonna knocks all the pieces off the chessboard. Garan gets up and grabs her by the arm aggressively. So aggressive. But so properly. So properly. <laughs> the camera spins around the two while they lead into and eventually kiss. Madonna pushes him away and grabs her head and spins and looks away. We then see Madonna slide open a glass door that leads her into a moonlit shore. She's wiping her tears as she walks the beach and a man with a dog sees her pass by. She kicks off her wedged heel shoes and walks towards the water. We see the waves underwater and the man with the dog looks up and it doesn't seem like he sees her. We see her shoes getting washed away, and we're kind of nervous for a second. Um, is she okay? But turns out that Madonna's sitting on a sand dune, and uh, she didn't jump in. <laughs> I wrote dramatic telenovela, possible fragrance. <laughs> yes. Um, it reminds me of. Have you seen that Dior, uh, Miss Dior ad with Natalie Portman? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The music is Sia's ch chandelier. And at one point, Natalie Portman looks at the camera and goes, what would you do for love? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awkward. Oh my uh, God. Fragrance ad. <laughs> um, I also wrote, uh, without power of goodbye, there would be no Queen's Gambit. You know what? Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Not my favorite music video, but Madonna looks great. She looks great. Yeah. Um, so the chess scene was inspired by the 1968 film, The Thomas Crown Affair with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Ah, yes. And the scenes of Madonna walking on the beach were an homage to Joan Crawford in the 1946 film Humoresque. Um, and for those walking scenes on the beach, there was actually a treadmill involved. So this was before OK Go's video, to be clear. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I should mention that the video is color graded. It has a blue-green tint. You know how uh, Frozen was blue. This has more of a green tint to it as well. Mm, yeah. And then also, this is another uh, Matthew Rolston special. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because he was the, uh, the 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 video director for this. We've seen him a few times. He did some escape stuff, and he did some in vogue stuff. Brandy. Yep. Making everyone look all sexy like. Yes, making everyone look all sexy like. And uh, again, lyrically, just just simple lyrics. Your heart is not open, so I must go. It's very simple. It's like. You can't do the thing, I'm out. And that's just kind of, you know, how 
how it should be. Like the way he grabbed her, they probably were trying to go for something a little bit sexy. I took it a little bit differently. If I was you, I'd be like, in my notes, I put down toxic. Like, you know, <laughs> don't be <laughs> grabbing her, grabbing her up like that. Um, but again, this is, you know, this is, this is a music video. Um, it's what? It's a music video. They're telling a particular story. Fine, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, there is lots of power in goodbye. Yeah. Um, but you just have to get to the point where you're actually, where both parties are ready to kind of accept that. Like you are my lesson that I had to learn. It's like, okay, when the lesson is learned, that's when you can kind of say goodbye, but no sooner than that. It has to be in your time frame. No matter how uncomfortable, foolish, toxic the situation is, you have to kind of sometimes go through the motions and then, you know, get to your point. Um, get to your point of no return. And then you're actually able to say goodbye. And there's so much power in that. Last thing I wanted to say was all through my rewatching these videos, I looked at Madonna and I was like, if I do a side by side with you and JLo, you'll kind of look alike. Oh. They definitely have, like, they look very similar. Not now, unfortunately, but back in these videos. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I wonder if there was, there was similar makeup artists mm. or they just kind of look very similar to me. Well, you know, Italy is close to Puerto Rico. So it there you makes go. Sense. That may, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, well, we're all, we're all related. Um, so, but I mean, the power of goodbye, I like the power of see you later. <laughs> what is that power though? What does that hold? I mean, nothing is forever. Nothing is definite. So it's kind of like, not goodbye. I'll see you later. I mean, sure. So are you saying that goodbye sounds very, um, goodbye sounds very, uh, final? <laughs> yeah. A little too final? Final, yeah. No, nothing's final. It depends. Like, when I listen to this song, I get, like, there's a reason that there, there's a goodbye that needs to happen. Um, pain is a warning that something's wrong. Mm. So I'm, I'm getting, like, yes, there's something in here that's not right. So it's okay to close the door. It's even okay to burn that bridge. Because, listen, if it is actually meant to happen, you can get to the other side of the, um, to the other side if you really need to, if it's meant to be, you'll figure out a way to get to the other side. Yeah, that's for, yeah you got to close those doors in, in order for your own like self um, evolution and self preservation. But in the end, nothing really matters. Wow. You're so wise, Crystal. <laughs> Me and my colleagues, whenever we're stressed out and we're worrying about something at work, we always say, nothing really matters. <laughs> or like, me and my other bestie, like when we're talking about like what's happening in the state of the world and we're like, what does this mean? And society. And then we're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. The world is definitely giving that over the last few years for sure. It's like, what, 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 what is, what does it all mean? Or the SNL, uh, Joy Behar. Um, so what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? So what? So what? So what? Who cares? So what? <laughs> I love it. I feel like I said that once a week for sure. Me yeah. too. <laughs>
yeah. So um, stuff did matter in the sense that uh, this was the final single released. Um, it actually narrowly charted on Billboard in the U.S., but it had decent success in the U.K. and Australia. She did an interview with the Wesleyan University Press, and she said that this song was very much inspired by her daughter. Um, it's just realizing at the end of the day, the most important thing is loving people and sharing love. And that's kind of, again, like nothing, nothing really matters. It's just like love, love is all you need, <laughs> really. We know it's a little, it can be a little complicated, but like at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, love is, is all you need. Um, and this began filming in January, on January 9th of 1999. Um, yes. and it was filmed at good old silver cup studios right over in long island city shout out queens i see you and this was another yet yet another case of another songwriter who said madonna stole my song the court ruled in madonna's favor and you know it was deemed that uh, and the case was dismissed but just kind of like talk about people coming out of the woodwork Trying to get that coin. Trying to get that coin. And again, I don't know. I actually couldn't find the song anywhere. So I don't know what it list, what it sounds like. But there's a lot of times that, again, we spoke about that fine line. If certain chords are similar, doesn't mean that it's a, a straight up lift. Madonna would go on to perform Nothing Really Matters at that year's Grammy ceremony. Okay. So I feel like before I begin, I feel like it's important for me to say the following things. <clears throat> According to the Cambridge Dictionary, cultural appropriation is the act of taking or using things from a culture that is not your own, especially without showing that you understand or respect this culture. Also, according to dictionary.com, cultural appropriation is the adoption, usually without acknowledgement of cultural identity markers from subcultures or minority communities into mainstream culture by people with a relatively privileged status. So I think we should acknowledge that. 100%. I'm glad you acknowledged that. And I totally felt the same way. And again, we are in 1999. I'm sure if she made that video again, she would not go with that particular treatment. <laughs> right. I, I remember me and uh, a friend of mine, we were, you know, discussing how great this music video is, right? Like mm -hmm. the visuals are phenomenal. Uh, the editing is great. Uh, the song is amazing. Um, but yeah, there is that looming in the background. And we're like, well, you know, did they consult with someone, you know, with someone who was Japanese or, and, you know, we really couldn't find anything. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, oh, that's a little rough. Yeah. But this is showing, uh, I believe, respect to the culture. Um, you know, I think they acknowledge that um, this exists. Um, and I, th I think there is a sense of respect to it um, because it's so beautifully shot and beautifully performed. With that being said, I am going to read the Wikipedia description of the, the synopsis of the music videos, just so I won't get into it. <laughs> so, 
Fair. The video opens with an empty room with a fish painting and then shows Madonna holding to what looks like a baby, but is actually a big bag of water. Alternating scenes show her in a red and black kimono dancing to the song. Then a scene features a group of people of Asian heritage who walk down a dark hallway. As Madonna sings the song in the black kimono, she grips onto the bag of water. When the chorus starts, it features Madonna in a red kimono, continuing to dance. This scene carries on through the rest of the song. There are multiple scenes of Japanese people performing buto dance moves, coached by Swedish choreographer Suen. These scenes were shot in the decommissioned R1 reactor below the Royal Institute of Technology in central Stockholm. The ending scene has Madonna sitting while someone is painting on her back and slowly rests her body on the group. As the song fades, Madonna is in her red kimono walking and laughing towards the camera, and then the screen rapidly fades to black. And so I should mention that the Swedish choreographer Suen had her roots in Japanese uh, buto and influenced uh, a lot of uh, performances. Um, she was actually living in Japan from 1986 to 1994, and she had five years uh, of discipline of Tomo Shizun, uh, artistic director of the t uh, Tomo Shizun and Hakutobo uh, Buto group, uh, originally formed by the late Tatsumi Hijikata. And so um, I should mention that Buto dance uh, came in 1950 and 1960 in Japan uh, after World War II. The choreographer Tatsumi Hijakata um, it was a renowned dancer and um, mm -hmm. and Kasu Uno began questioning the nature of dance. And so they started this type of dance and it is basically, it's unclassifiable, but there are certain common occurrences where dancers move slowly in a fashion of the walking dead. Uh, they have white body paint and sometimes shave their heads. Their movement expresses raw and untapped emotions. Uh, and when, when, when performed well, a sense of palpable unease ripples through the audience. And so we see a lot of that dancing happening in this music video. The uh, kimono that Madonna is wearing is from French uh, fashion designer, Jean-Paul Gaultier. And what I love about this music video is I love the dancing. Everyone's dancing is, so amazing. I do love when Madonna dances down the narrow corridor and she's she's giving like all these facials facial expressions like she's smiling, she pouts, she whines, she scolds and finally she's like you know acts insane. Um but it's just well edited. Like I mean the visuals are stunning. I love the water bag because we're all bodies of water, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know, great concept. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? <laughs> so I just wanted to kind of touch on the inspiration for this video. The imagery in this video was inspired by Arthur Golden's 
novel Memoirs of a Geisha. And Madonna is actually portraying the character Hatsu Momo. Um, and she actually later stated that the whole idea of a geisha is a straight metaphor for being an entertainer. Because on one hand, you're privileged to be a geisha, but on the other hand, you're a prisoner. So I think with this video, she was just trying to um, kind of, you could, one could argue it's kind of part two of the previous video where the paparazzi is chasing you kind of feel like you're a, a prisoner in your own space because you can't leave. And if you do leave, you're just going to be hounded and, and bombarded. So I don't know everything there is to geisha hood, but it is a privilege, but it's also very intense. Yeah. And, and to your point that you made earlier, there's a fine line between celebration and appropriation. Where do you think this one falls in that spectrum? I mean, I think she like she definitely loved the culture. I mean, the fact that she was trying to highlight um, Butoh dance, um, you know what I mean? Like, I was unaware of that that existed. I'm like, what is this? And because of this music video, you know, I know a little bit more. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think there was good intention. I think they are celebrating Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a celebration. But I think now, you know what I mean? It's like, if that music video was done now, it's like, this should have highlighted Japanese people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. right. And, you know, the director, um, choreographers should be Japanese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, they should be giving the opportunity to the people who actually own this culture um so yeah uh, but yes i mean there's no disrespect here but you know that's the thing about you know appropriation where it's like you be you reap the benefits of you know a subculture yeah and you don't have to deal with the racism you don't have to deal with all the hardships that that subculture has to deal with so you reap the benefits but yeah no issues for you right 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 yeah. And it's also like, I think it's, I think it's cool that, that you were so inspired by this book that you kind of want to do your own interpretation. You were moved by something. So you kind of want to share it with yeah. the world and your audience and with your viewers. This entire album and how the inspiration for this, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the mysticism and the Kabbalah and the, and the Hinduism, she was learning things and she wanted to kind of share that. But, you know, there were certain things that weren't pr pronounced correctly. And, you know, if you had done deeper research right. and not kind of taking it as face value and actually done a little more of, of the work, then you could really present that in a way to uh, to be less superficial. But I, I, I mean, I do love a mid-tempo song, and this is a great. Oh my gosh, this song! <laughs> this was one of the ones I love. This yeah, song. Yeah, I mean, this is up there for me. This is like up there for me for the, for this. Absolutely. Album. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just overall, like, this was an album that had electronic music, but it was uh, sophisticated. It was layered. It had emotions. Um, yes. It was uh, fun, and um, yeah, you know, we didn't hear a lot of electro music like that. Um, no, 
not in the mainstream, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely ushered um, electronic music to the masses. And um, yeah, we definitely had Madonna to, to thank for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, overall, like, great album. Nothing like she'd done previous to that. She definitely paved the way for other albums that were electronic in nature to be uh, catapulted up to the, to the mainstream. Um, definitely, you know, push the envelope like nobody I've ever, I can even remember. And being a woman to do that, I mean, dudes push the envelope a, a lot of the times, but to be a woman to do that and get, you know, hit with so almost everything she did was deemed <laughs> controversial. And through her uh, provocative style, she continually one-upped herself. She continually, in her efforts to be herself, she rebelled against the norms and challenged views of acceptance. And even her, her support of the LGBTQ community was kind of unprecedented for somebody with her following and with her type of platform to just really go to bat for queer people. Yep. And she really used her platform positively to be an, an ally to the community. Even, you know, we talked about Vogue, what that's, that's a gay anthem. Appropriation or not, it's still a gay anthem and it still kind of brought that style of dance to the mainstream. We know she did a lot of work with GLAAD. She did a lot of work with the human, with the human rights campaign. Overall, through her songwriting and her videos, she just truly embraced gay culture um, and made it so that as many people as possible would be kind of comfortable in their own skin and to be comfortable with uh, who they are and making banging tracks to boot. What's that, Crystal? I tried. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely an amazing album. You, If you haven't listened to Ray of Light, you should definitely uh, listen to it. Start to finish. You know, it's a journey, a musical journey that's uh, definitely worth listening to. But I think it's time, Crystal. I think it's time. Um, we've come to the part of the show, what we call. So uh, what are you listening to? So we each have 30 seconds to maybe 22 minutes to go over a song uh, we're listening to this week. It doesn't have to do with this week's album or artist. Uh, it doesn't have to be a good song. It doesn't have to be a bad song. Um, it doesn't have to have a music video, but it can. Um, so Crystal, I'm going to ask you, uh, what are you listening to? So I'm listening to 19 things this week. Oh, God. Um, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I really narrowed it down. I narrowed it down to two, and then I'm just going to narrow it down to one. Um, <laughs> so the Immaculate Collection was the first of many greatest hits compilations that Madonna released. And this particular one came out in 1990, and it contained some of her 80s hits. But she also released two new tracks, one of which was Justify My Love. Justify My Love was written by a singer and songwriter named Ingrid Chavez, along with Lenny Kravitz. 
Uh, and basically it was a love letter dedicated to Lin to Lenny, who was actually having an affair with her at the time. It actually gets like messy and murky, all the, mm -hmm. all the other details go to Wikipedia, go to Google it. There's interviews, go check it out yourself, but justify my love. It sampled a public enemy song called security of the first world. Very simple drum beat, but sensual lyrics delivered spoken word style. There is a video for this. It's black and white. It takes place in a hotel. It's sex, it's queerness, it's inhibitions, it's S&M, and all things that we have learned to love about Madonna. And in 2013, she did a Reddit AMA, and she said that this was her favorite video to make. So justify my love. And shout out to the Lenny Kravitz ad libs all up and through, that's all. I remember as a child hearing that song and thinking, oh, I'm having feelings. <laughs> it's really not for children, but it's Madonna. I love that music video. Um, it was great because it was like gender bending. It was Such really a bend, androgynous. Yeah. Like people were kissing men, but there were women and women had uh, painted mustaches. And it was just like so sensual and so yeah. hot. I even love the SNL uh, parody of it as well. I don't remember that. I have to look it up. Oh, I'll, I'm putting it on the playlist. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And that was her, her boyfriend was in, her boyfriend at the time was in that video as well as her love interest. So it's kind of like, you kind of felt like you were a voyeur into their relationship. So you're like, wait, are we watching them? That's that? Yeah. I loved it. It was so hot. <laughs> so now... I have a question for you. What are you listening to? This is going to be 30 seconds. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yes. Exciting. All right. I'm listening to Sky Fits Heaven, song number seven on this album. Mm. The lyrics always bring me sadness and hope. And I always get a tear in my eye when I sing it. And these are the lyrics. Isn't everyone just traveling down their own road? watching the signs as they go. I think I'll follow my heart. It's a very good place to start. And it's dance Beautiful. with substance. Check it out. That's it. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Fun. Oh my God, Crystal. This was such a great episode. Oh, Madonna's amazing. And what a way to kick off Pride Month with, you know, one of our uh, biggest icons. Yeah, love it. Well, that definitely does it for this edition of Remember Music Videos. We want to thank everyone who gave us a listen. A huge thank you to Madonna for giving us something to talk about. Our theme music is by Audrey Harris Culper of Lady Socket. If you'd like to see the music videos we discussed today, you can find them on our YouTube channel, Apple Music, and Facebook. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at RMB Podcast. Just a reminder that all videos might not be available online or in your territory, but that could change, so keep checking. If you have a favorite video you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at remembermusicvideos at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, go ahead and click that like button, follow, subscribe, and feel free to give us a rating. But most importantly, remember music videos. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, baby. Until next time, bye. bye.
No animals were harmed during the recording of this gay podcast. So we continue to see the dress and fabric choreography. Puppy! Oh, there goes my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh. <laughs>